sports, but we came here to win. The most legit podcast, that's why we know you're tuning in. We cover the biggest news, we underdogs, but we can't lose. So trust the process, yes you, because we got Chris and Anju to bless you. With the best features, best stories, we diving deep like a Lambo leap. Wake up, kid, and stop snoring, we on point just like this beat. Bring the passion like the dog pound. In the cold, get a gold brand. Sit back and raise the cat, because we start this show like right now. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of The Underdog. Chris Horwoodale, joined by Anshu Khanna. Anshu. Chris? I love the the energy we're starting <laughs> off here. This is, I am Chris, thank you, uh, as, I, as I mentioned in the open. How are you today, my friend? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. The, the sun is out here in Chicago. We're finally seemingly past, and watch, it's going to be 50 degrees tomorrow, but as you will soon know... Um, we'll take any nice days that we get here in the Midwest. So, um, pretty pleasant. How's it going with you? It's going well. It's going well. Uh, nothing to, uh, nothing, nothing to complain about that anyone would take any real, uh, <laughs> take seriously, uh, any complaint that anyone would take <laughs> seriously. It's all really first worldly problems. Um, and how about Chicago? Are the, are you guys getting the cicadas? Not really. Yeah. I think you're going to get those in Ohio, but, uh, no, I mean, we're getting the, uh, as they say, the no seums, which is a kind of a, a an annoyance, but it's you know it's not bad. It's it's still cold. It's still like we're just warming up now, where the bugs aren't really out yet. I feel like. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, th- I'm I'm hoping that I'm going to avoid all of that because that's going was it 17 days of hell basically. Yeah. It's nothing but this this mindless chatter, and they uh, it, from everything I've seen, they're perfectly harmless insects just really annoying annoying. yeah Yeah. and i wonder about the you know i wonder how long it takes because you know there's millions upon millions of them that come out how long are you know and this is potentially a weird question how long (laughs) after they die are their corpses just scattered amongst the ground all over the place um yeah they gotta die right they gotta go somewhere yeah i mean i see it like the first cold day of the year here i always see like a bunch of these we have these like weird little green flying things that I've never heard of otherwise, except for here. Mm-hmm. They almost look unnatural, honestly. But yeah, then you'll just <laughs> see their, their weird little corpses all scattered around the deck and you've got to like, you know, brush them off or whatever. So yeah, this is exciting and really, uh, really nice conversation to be having to start. But yeah, that's, that's a thing that you will have to deal with. Or maybe they just go to the ground or I don't know. I have no idea. Welcome to Bug Talk with Chris and Anshu. <laughs> Bug Talk. Hey, that's yes. a good show, and I'm just thinking we should probably write that down somewhere because I think that's a winner. We've got uh, we've got a lot to talk about. There's some interesting things in the National Football League. The NBA is currently in well the first round, but sort of the second round of their their NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't think you and I have discussed this yet, so I'm interested to get your take. Anshikana, Tim mm-hmm. Tebow, thoughts? Oh. I uh, not since when we first started. I think the first or second draft. That I was involved with uh, Blitzcast. That it was the Tim Tebow year, and we we had uh, a little interview with him, and it was you know it was I I don't know I think that he's like I've always liked him. I've I've always thought that the the dislike of Tebow is because of the media rather than because of him. You know, mm-hmm. like he like all he does all he did in college was win, and then all he tried to do was be good at baseball and be good at you know, football. And and while he wasn't good at those things necessarily at the professional level, 
you can't like blame the guy for trying, you know, or for taking advantage of the fact that, um, you know, people were throwing money at him left and right. Like, and you know, there's a reason coaches keep going back to him. He is a tryhard. He's a good. He's a generally a pretty good locker room presence since college, by all accounts. And um, you know, I I mean, I do get that there has to there's there's some deserved um, consternation about like mm-hmm. the idea that he as a 33 31 year old right 33 33 year old comes back after many years off of playing and is going to go try to play a position that he never played before even though it's with his you know his former coach but there there's no way that they're running you know a similar offense to what they had at Florida <laughs> no. and so like I just like from that perspective I, I totally hear the fact that like you know there are other people that deserve this shot maybe better more than he did um but at the same time it's urban meyer's team you know and if he if he wants to put personalities out there that help either promote the product or help them win in some way it's hard to like it's hard to blame him you know like and so from that perspective if 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 I was given the choice of, you know, whether or not to hire someone that I implicitly trust, even if that person maybe didn't qualify per the, you know, the likely standards for whatever position I was hiring for. I would just Mm -hmm. tell them it's my money. It's my future. And I want to surround myself with people that help me succeed. And so but like I also understand I understand both sides for sure. It's just I think that a lot more is being made of it because he is just such a lightning rod of a name, you know. Yeah, you know, the, I guess if this was a lot of other teams, you could also make the argument that, like, okay, you know, even if he's a third-string tight end, he saves you a roster spot because he can be an emergency quarterback too. But True, it's not yeah. not really the case here because mm. you have you have Minshew embedded yeah, as the uh, well, well, you have a lot of guys who can potentially play quarterback, but you have Minshew embedded behind Trevor Lawrence. So, you know, if, if Tebow's got to be active anyway, he, you know, he's taking up a spot on the game day roster. It's just, it doesn't really save a spot. Um, I don't know how you feel about Mike Lombardi. I'm very mixed on him. Uh, very mixed, in, yeah. In, in general. But he came out with an extremely strong take uh, on Tebow. Not a fan of him as a football player. Not a fan of him taking a roster spot. Lombardi says... Tebow's not an elite athlete or talent. That's not debatable nor a knock, just an evaluation of his skills relative to other professional athletes. He has excellent hand-eye coordination and can throw a baseball or football, demonstrating solid all-around athletic skills, but nothing is elite. He does not have elite speed, quickness, or anything that separates him from others. As a tight end, Tebow won't be hard for any safety to cover one-on-one, and he will not be able to block the edge against bigger, stronger defensive linemen or backers. Yeah, not glowing. <laughs> I, I like. I don't disagree with any of that, but there are things in there. I mean, he, he's also not saying okay. He's saying he's not elite in any category. But how many people are elite in a, uh, any category? You know, like I mean, offensive guard. Like, oh, he's got elite punch. I mean, how many? Uh, how many people in the league are just kind of smart and able to get by? You know, if if it was just about elite traits, then we would all know who to draft at what position and who to sign at what position, you know? And mm-hmm. I like, again, I'm, I think I'm a little bit of a Tebow apologist, so I understand that this might come off a little bit biased, but like that, that doesn't carry a ton of weight to me. It's just, it's a funny, it's definitely a hilarious like scouting report on what Tebow is of which, by the way, I don't disagree with any of it. So I, I don't know. I, I like, I, 
also let's just see if he makes the roster. Like right. this might be one of those like let's try to establish a culture and get this guy in a room. And you know, you know the other the counterpoint is of course like well why not just make him like an assistant tight ends coach or something? It, like if you really want him in the building, you could do that. I mean, maybe there's just like why is Jason Witten still toiling around in the league? He's he's older than Tebow and he's there's no way he's doing anything above average except for he knows like how to get open. And I think that you know, the argument in Tivo's favor is, like, he is going to know this game inside and out, and he's, hypothetically, who knows if he will or not, but hypothetically, mm-hmm. in Urban's mind, he will, and that's why he's on the team, you know? Well, I mean, there's I no th- other reason to. I think there's one other element that comes into play, but I want to read the end of this, uh, how Lombardi summed it up. Is Tebow ready to play now? Of course not. And Meyer will learn that the hard way. The NFL is not college when it comes to player development and time on the field. Meyer will lose credibility with his players the longer he allows the Tebow experiment to continue, because as we've all learned over the years, Tim Tebow won't be the one to end this masquerade. <laughs> uh, that's a very fair part of this. Like, maybe Tebow just went begging to Urban Meyer to get him on the team is what the implication is, right? There, like, let, let, me, let me tell you what, uh, I don't know if you were aware of this, but Ashikana, you know, it's... Uh, Tim Tebow obviously played for Urban Meyer. They have this very strong relationship. I don't know if you were aware. I don't know if the listeners are aware. It just so happens that Tim Tebow is three games away from getting his full NFL pension. Oh, I I may have seen something about that, but he's not hurting for money or benefits. Uh, I don't I don't think it. You know I don't think Tim Tebow has made as much money as people look. He's I'm sure he has done fine. I'm gonna look up his career earnings right now. God knows that in baseball it was next to nothing. But, yeah, but he was but, on SEC Network for a while. He had some- I'm not. I'm not saying he's hurting, but you know those benefits and specifically that health insurance, that's that's useful. And I, I wonder if this is a way Tim Tebow has made um, about. He's made about eight million dollars, uh, maybe over a little, a little more than that. It looks like the bottom number is uh, nine million six hundred and eighty-seven thousand. Um, not bad. Look. No, not anyone would take that. But uh, I do think I do think it's interesting that Tebow is three games short of his pension. Yeah, I I would say that if it was somebody else that's been more reckless with his money, maybe he has. Maybe we don't know about certain things. But I, yeah, that's I guess like I don't know. I, I'm coming off as a big time Tebow sympathist here or uh, apologist here. Um, I don't. I mean, I just doubt that that's the reason. I think like he just loves sports he loves being an athlete and he just keeps trying and I honestly like you know Phil Mickelson this weekend talked about like how you know it him winning at 50 being the oldest major winner ever in the golf in golf history um you know it was just about he had to try like a little harder that's just like a sincere passion for competition in that specific sport I think Tebow just has that in general he's like he's always been just like sort of naive almost in his like in his wonder with being a, a, like this superstar athlete, you know, and I think that a lot of that comes from his background. Um, and I, I don't know. I like I it's some part of me is like, especially like this is the Ted Lasso effect, I guess, a little bit in that. Like, <laughs> I think that he is just like this sweet dude, like idiot that wants to go be really good at something. And even though he might just keep hitting his head in, in the wall, he's not going to stop trying until he's literally not allowed to. And I I don't know. I'm, I'm just I kind of like I'm, I'm rooting for him. Honestly, I hope he does it. 
My counterpoint to that, and I'm not trying to come off anti-Tebow. It's just the position I find myself in here. No, trust me, you you would not be the only one. I get that. Is if that's the case, and if he just loved the game so much, why didn't he make this move 10 years ago? That's a, I mean, that is a great question. And I think that that part of it would be he just wanted to be the quarterback. Like, he wanted to have the pressure and um, I, did he, though, didn't he try to transfer to be like an no, H-back and he just wasn't good enough? He's, there was a point where he specifically said he was only a quarterback. Oh, God. Wasn't he on the Eagles there briefly, too? He, and, was, a, he, was, in, he was a horrible backup on the Eagles for a while. He was a backup, yeah. though. Quarterback. Okay. Yes, he was a quarterback. I could have sworn he tried to play H-back somewhere and they, whoever it was, whether it was the, the Patriots or Jets or whoever, were just kind of like, yeah... Yeah, no, and they just caught him. So, I don't know. I mean, Tebow hasn't played in the NFL since 2012. He's only played in the league for three years. In in 2013, when he doesn't have a job, why isn't he begging people to play any position at all if he just loves the game so much? At that point, wasn't he trying to play baseball? Uh, He played baseball for five years, so that would have been, I think that would have started in 2016. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, it's a really good question. Maybe he's just waiting, holding out for his boy Urban to get to the league so he'd get a chance. By the way, I like. have you seen any of Tebow in a uniform? It looks weird. That, he is enormous. Yeah. He is, like, huge. <laughs> like, it, I was stunned by that. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, look, he's going to – he's not – I don't think he's going to make the team. And maybe – I think part of this – I'm guessing your implication is – a big part of this is that it's in Jacksonville – you know, his hometown, mm-hmm. basically. And, you know, and this is a way to get eyes to, is it hard not? You know, what's it going to be like? Is there going to be a chance for, for the Jaguars to somehow exploit this? Obviously, jersey sale-wise, he was the number one. Was it like four? I think there was a tweet from Shafter that was like four of the top ten items or something were Tebow-related. Um, so, I mean, there's still a massive, a massive audience for this guy. And uh, that's probably not not part of it yeah he became the uh, the nfl's top selling jersey within 24 hours of signing with the jaguars which is insane but there there is another interesting element this is kind of a a fascinating way and i by the way i 100 percent believe this is urban meyer doing him a favor i think if this doesn't work he's going to play three games on the roster and then he's going to bow out because uh, i don't think he's going to make urban cut him but this is given that it's in Jacksonville, it's kind of a fascinating way to, in a weird way, have the third string tight end take some pressure and take some attention off of the number one pick rookie quarterback. It's not a bad call. But I mean, at the same time, like Lawrence just doesn't strike me as someone who who needs that attention off him in any way. You know, he's yeah, like, but I don't, I don't think it hurts. No, no, it definitely doesn't. Um, it definitely doesn't. So. I mean, the Jaguars went from, like, literally could not care less about this team to one of the more interesting teams in the league, basically overnight. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. He does look big, and which is weird because you would have thought that he would have leaned out playing baseball yeah. for five years, but he looks bigger than the 6'2", 236 he was playing football. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a beefy boy, but I'm, and so, I mean, that's why I clearly, he even if he wanted to play quarterback, he's way too big to do that. Yeah. And, in any way. Okay. I want you to set the over-under on... All right. Well, I, I guess I'll just say set the over-under on, at half a game. 
What what are you taking for Tim Tebow playing in the uh, playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year? Regular season. Regular season. Um, I'm oh man, maybe a gunner. Like that's the only way. If you told me catches over under 0.5 i would take the oh I, th- under. I think it's t- i think it's 12 or 13 i saw that number catches oh god yeah. under under 100 on that yeah yeah it's like ben simmons threes a couple of years ago said it like 52 attempts the, the thing is yeah i don't know maybe sometimes we glorify some of these guys that like i don't know that just like the, the ability to make a team i mean again i just go back to jason winton like that guy is what, 37th? Like, he literally commentated Monday Night Football for a year, mm-hmm. was never a great athlete, and, you know, and he basically just got by on guile for, you know, however long in his career, and he's still doing it. Like, what separates Jason Witten, like, aside from just knowing an that's NFL it. offense? That's yeah. it. It's a career of playing the position and understanding it. Tebow's right, never fair. played tight end. That's a it's a great point. The argument, of course, is like, all right, well, he, but he played quarterback, so like he has to know even more of like what the entire team needs to do, and if he's built to play tight end, which who knows if he is or isn't, um, you know, maybe he's able to translate some of that knowledge that a quarterback might have to play tight end. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. basically, what I what I'm saying is, I wouldn't have done it. Obviously, I think that he could have easily fulfilled the same role with the team as an assistant coach or a strength coach or whatever, whatever rule or whatever role, you know, that urban wanted for him and, and, and done out and brought everything, all the value to the table that he will otherwise, but there's something there. You're right. I mean, like either he's either he begged urban for the job or urban begged him to be out there. I have no idea how it worked out, but it's an, it's an odd situation. No doubt. I think it's just kismet. It just it just happened. And this these magical pieces fell into place where this guy could go go get his pension, play where he was a star in college, you know, with a new coach, with a, a number one pick quarterback. It just it just made sense. And you know, what are what are the odds that we see I don't know if it's been announced yet, but what are what are the odds we see Jacksonville on hard knocks? How amazing would that be? That's what I was just thinking. I mean, if he's I mentioned it because I wasn't sure if they had announced someone or like finalists or whatever, but yeah, I mean, that makes, I think they, they can get out of it because they have a new coach. Yep. So they don't, they're not like required, but I could totally see them just taking it on. I mean, they signed Tebow for Christ's sake. Like they're, they're more than willing to have the cameras on them. I'm guessing. So well, the Irvin fi- is a weird duck. So maybe, maybe wouldn't. The five teams that are eligible uh, for the, for hard knocks. The Cowboys, the Panthers, the Giants, the Broncos, and the Cardinals. Can't be the Cardinals. We feel like we just, that's eh, not interested. Um, I, I don't know. I can are, see it. Are the, this, this feels like a Jerry Jones thing. It feels like this is going to be the Cowboys. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely could, especially now that Dak is back and there's not like, there's not a lot of negativity around the team. It could be. I could see the Panthers too, though. Like, I think that they oh, they bring that stuff on. They got Darnold. They've got the best social media team in professional sports. Mm-hmm. I think that I could totally see the Panthers being that that team this year. If you're Denver, you want to keep Drew Locke away from the cameras as much as you can. <laughs> oh, Denver with Rodgers there would be something. Uh, well, that yes, that would be <laughs> that's that's interesting. So have you come to uh, where no, are you? No. Where are you on the Aaron Rodgers thing right now? Oh, sweet! As as the Anshu Packers world turns, I uh-huh. 
I think, I mean, I think that he's going to be a Packer this year. Um, okay. He was on Kenny Man last night and, uh, you know, didn't dispel the idea that he asked for a trade and also didn't say that he was coming back. Just some weirdness in the middle. But, you know, the team, the team is the one that has all the leverage and that just refuses to trade him. And so I do think that, like, if they get godfathered an offer, they'll they'll move him. But I just don't see that happening. I think the, the Broncos feel like they're the only, you know, the only team at the table right now for him, basically, realistically, since the Packers are going to trade him in conference and um, and the Broncos are just such a natural fit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so maybe they aren't willing to pay up exactly what the Packers would ask for, which is like a ton because, again, they're in this spot right now where they control Rodgers for, you know, forever, essentially, until they decide to move him or else he just sits and they have their backup. You know, they have their their future guy in their mind. So, like, they have no they are in no rush to move on from him and see him go win somewhere. So I think that that's kind of their stance right now, that they're hoping he realizes that they're not you know, they don't feel like they've got to move in. And that's part of it, partially why they signed Blake Bortles, I think, too. That just adds leverage for them, even though Bortles sucks, obviously. It's yeah. just like, it's just a guy, though, for them. You know, they the, even if Love were to be just totally unprepared, they can, you know, they can feign the idea that they've got a guy that's played in this offense and, you know, they can get by without Rodgers, essentially, and they'd rather do that than let him go win a Super Bowl somewhere else on their watch for some amount that they don't want to they don't deem acceptable for him that's fair well let's let's turn to the other big name player out there in uh in the trade world this one much more likely to be traded i believe and that would be julio jones um did okay did julio (laughs) jones know he was on television when he said i'm (laughs) out of there yesterday I don't know man it was i all i saw was the clip of like shannon sharp calling him and yeah, I, <laughs> I would not surprise you. So. How did that come out that he said that he didn't, like, did someone say, did he say he didn't know he was on TV or something? Or is it just like what everyone's assuming based on well, that conversation? If you've watched the whole thing, you can, I'm, I can't remember who the, the female is on that show. I don't really watch the show. But yeah. you you Smart. can see, you can see, <laughs> yeah, you can see her saying a couple of times, like trying to get Shannon to make sure he tells it. He uh he tells oh. Julio he's on the air. Oh, interesting. And I don't I oh, do man. not think now now maybe you know also entirely possible that this was a planned thing between Sharp and Julio in advance where Julio could say something that he believed was or at least put out there that he believed was saying to a confidant and uh, oh I was on TV I had no idea let's force this thing ahead a little bit. But uh, if not, it's horrible journalism from from Sharp. But I mean, I, that, that wouldn't be shocking either. I feel like if that was the case, if it was like set up that way to seem kind of like, oh, I, he didn't know, but he knew. Then Shannon Sharp would have come out and said like, yeah, he didn't know. That's my bad, essentially. But hmm. obviously, <laughs> yeah, I, either way, I mean, what was said was said. He's gone. Like yeah. he is going to get traded. It was probably like an 80 percent likelihood before this. And now it's. 99 and so i don't know i i saw arthur smith commented on it i didn't see exactly what he said today but you know they're he's he's as good as gone we knew that their cap situation was a disaster there are teams that are well suited to to go after julio like the patriots 
And I believe what the Panthers are, are going to be in that mix. The you know the Titans yeah. could be in that mix. We'll talk about the teams in a second. The cap situation you mentioned Not is interesting because I'm showing on Spot Track right now. I'm showing that trading Julio Jones would result in forty point five million dollars in dead cap for the Not Falcons after June first. That's a that's like, a fair point. Yeah, June first. So a week from now. They can move him, and I would be willing to bet that a week from now we hear about wherever he's going. Um, yeah, same thing for Zachers, by the way. Yeah, yep, there you go. And Rodgers is also mm-hmm. in that boat. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that he's gone. Where where he goes, probably the AFC. I said Panthers. I meant Titans. And Patriots, of course, are, are a really good landing spot for him, too. Let's talk but, about these odds. I've got the odds here. Oh, And great. the favorite to land, uh, we'll talk about the top five and a wild card that I think it, might be where he ends up, quite frankly. Uh, the the favorite here, and I'm not going to mention the name uh, of the company, uh, is minus 700, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense. Corey Davis gone. They didn't really draft a replacement for him. Um, I think that would make a ton of sense. He wouldn't have to go far. He's from Alabama. You know, I think it makes it makes a lot of sense for him to go there. Very close second, minus six hundred, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I don't I I don't like those odds at all. I mean, they drafted Bateman, they've mm-hmm. got Brown, they've made some signings here and there. Um I can't remember. There's some there's another receiver they added, but uh no, I, I don't see that happening. Plus five hundred is Jones. That'd be a perf- great pickup though, for the yeah, record. That'd be a for perfect sure. fit. Yeah. Plus 500 is Jones' preferred destination, if you believe everything that's out there, the New England Patriots. Ooh, wow. I'm surprised that's his preference. I would Apparently think wants to go play with Cam, which is funny because he said uh, Matt Ryan has lost a little bit on his deep ball, so let's go play with Cam Newton. Oh, God. I Yeah, that is not the team I'd want to go to if I were him, but, you know, could be hey, worse. He Alabama connection. Targets with you got oh, mac, mac, mac jones yeah. i was gonna say yeah 10 years apart <laughs> so what? I, I thought i thought somehow cam went there or something for a sec no i uh <laughs> um yeah i guess i i don't know i like it it fits it definitely fits in terms of like he will get the most like if he wants to pump his stats up that's probably the team to go to i think just in terms of like he is going to be the by far the top dog on that team in terms of targets so. The the fit I probably like the most of these top five is the uh, the next team up, the 49ers at plus 800. Oh, God, that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, the you know, the thing with the Niners is that they've, yeah, the, they're always in the mix for basically anyone whose name is out there. But, okay, the other thing is, like, who, what are they actually asking for? You know, they obviously voted the first. I don't see anyone paying a first for Julio Jones. No. It, at this the, point. the last ask was allegedly a two, a three, and a four. So let's no. call it a two and a four or a three yeah. and a four. Oh my God. Huge difference there. If you can get a two and a, you know, a two and a four for him, I think that's probably right. That's the, that's the number that like hurts a little bit. If you're, you know, especially if you're drafting like in the, you know, middle of the round, like maybe the Patriots will be. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you're the Niners and you're thinking Super Bowl, and you know, I actually, I don't even know, can the, do the Niners have any picks? Like I, they definitely don't have firsts. I don't even know which what else they gave up. Do they do they have next year's too? I assume so. I think so. I don't have it offhand. I think the number that really hurts is that uh, that fifteen point three million they have to fit under the cap this year. Yeah, but they can do that because they've got. I think they can do that because they've got 
you know, they're, they've got a number three pick. They've got Jimmy, who maybe, I don't know, maybe he wouldn't go back for Julio, but, you know, maybe he goes for somebody else and, you know, you carve out that room that way. But, yeah, there are a lot of teams that are, it, I mean, obviously we've got, like, dummy deals that we've seen all off season in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, extending dollars out many years down the line. But I I don't think it's for everyone. Um, the deal's not for everyone. So I do think the Patriots are in a spot where they can do it. The, and the Niners probably are, but... I, I just doubt. I doubt that Falcons would trade him in conference, and I doubt. I mean, maybe they would, but I doubt that they would do it for less than a two and a three. And then the Niners already spent, you know, a first on Ayuk and and you know a second on um, Debo. On, the, on Debo, exactly. And you know they've got Kittle that they've spent a ton of money on. I just don't see it. Well, this creates a potentially fascinating scenario in San Francisco. What do you do if you're the 49ers? You trade for Julio Jones. You now have Jones, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, Juszczyk, and those running backs. Oh, Jimmy man. Jimmy puts together a nice season. That defense plays well. They go a couple rounds in the playoffs. Is this just, uh, it, do you have to reevaluate the, is Jimmy Garoppolo the future of the team at that point? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think Rodgers proved that last year for the Packers, too. That you was know? not a number three overall pick, though. Right. Or True. whatever. Whatever Lance was. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, and uh, yeah, and I mean, Rodgers is not Garoppolo either, but right. I think it's worth, it's definitely, look, if, if Garoppolo's awesome, not just okay, not just good within the confines of the Kyle Shanahan offense, but awesome, mm-hmm. then it you know definitely changes, it has to change the way that you look at it. And maybe that's part of the whole conversation. I'm sure Kyle is still thinking, no matter how good Jimmy is this year, unless he's just insanely good, it's like, you know, we're going to Lance because no matter how good Jimmy is, we feel like Lance can be a better version of him. And well, you know, what's funny, maybe it becomes a Rogers situation, but in the opposite direction where he then, you know, we find Lance sitting for a couple of years behind a, an established quarterback. It could be. I, I, yeah, it could be. I mean, I, I doubt it. Obviously, I think we all do. I, I would course. be surprised if Lance doesn't play this year, but. Yeah, I mean, if you add Julio to that mix, though, God, they are. That's a that is a frightening group. That whole division is just crazy. And uh, the the last team in the top five is the uh, Colts at plus six hundred. That one makes a little more sense to me. Although, again, you've got like the spending multiple twos essentially on receivers last year. They just paid T. Y. Hilton mm-hmm. this off season to extend him for a year or two. I mean, I I just kind of doubt it. Um, but yeah. I mean, is Michael Pittman or Paris Campbell going to stop you from adding Julio Jones if you think you're a team that can compete? We we fall into this like sunk cost fallacy here. It's just let it go. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I'm just thinking about the way NFL teams think about it. I would yeah. just add them on, man. Who cares? Add them, add them to whoever. <laughs> as long as you've got the picks, you know. Just to, like there's no team that Julio Jones wouldn't be, you know, a top two receiver on. And well, so. Let- Okay. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, let's no. let's talk about my favorite team, my favorite fit, the one I immediately thought of when this came out. Anshu, don't be surprised if Julio Jones gets traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh my God! <laughs> Plus thirty three hundred here. We know the Chiefs went hard after Juju Smith Schuster this off season. Wow. I think they want to add another piece. And if you're oh the Chiefs, do you care about trading a two and a four? No. Exactly. Oh, man, I love that. That's, I mean, I, I hate it, but love it. That would be so great. He would be, 
so different from every other piece they have in the way that Juju would have been also like right. as a, a big bodied, you know, possession essentially receiver these days. Holy crap. If you see if you saw Julio with with Mahomes, my God, they might even be willing to do a one just because they're going to be, you know, you got to think that that's like the 32nd pick pretty much locked in. Um, wow. That's certainly that is, the two and the three could very well be could very well happen. Oh, man. That would really be something. Yeah. Imagine that's, a, that's that. a really good call on your part. I could totally see that. Thank you. Uh, imagine Jones on the field with Mahomes, and in the middle of the field is Travis Kelsey. On the other side is Tyree Kill, and McCullough Hardman's running around somewhere. That's right. Just and then dumb. you've got a bunch of four three guys. You got your first round pick last year in the backfield in Edwards Elaire, and oh, and then this whole revamped offensive line. I don't know how the money works with them. That's that would probably be prohibitive. I got to think they're right there. I'm looking at I'm looking up salary cap space right now. Are there any other teams while I'm doing that that you like as fits? What about uh, what about your Packers on Shukana? I saw I have seen a couple things. It'd be very unbackers like because they'd have to get incredibly creative with, you know, they basically have to rework Rodgers. They'd have to rework um, Adams, and then you know, and then you. This would be them saying like, "We are all in on you, Rodgers," and um, you know, we we're. We're going for Julio. They could make it work salary cap wise, but it would just be really tight against it, and they'd be be doing something they don't normally do. But it would be a it would definitely be an olive branch to Rodgers, that's for sure. So the the Chiefs would have to make a little bit of space. They'd have to create about eight million dollars worth of space. But God knows in a, a modern NFL, I mean, it, if you're Patrick, if you're Mahomes, you just you you happily restructure to go get Julio Jones on your team. Yeah, you'd, I mean, you'd think so. Or you just cut some, I don't know, I'm sure they could find, any team can make any, pretty much any player work, like, for less than $20 million right now. When, yeah. yeah, the Ravens and the Colts would also have to make moves. The 49ers could absorb him. The Chargers weren't mentioned, they could absorb him. Mm. And uh, I think that's about it for the, the your, your Packers would have some trouble. Uh, yeah. Only only two point five million under the cap right now. Almost as bad as my Eagles at four point three million. Yeah. But but <laughs> the that, Packers have a lot of restructuring work to be done this offseason. Well, that that just reiterates exactly what you were saying because the the Eagles came into this offseason with a seemingly impossible task of getting under yeah. the set of the cap, and they cut no one. Yeah, exactly. That, I mean, it's so it's just funny money. It's like you can you can. Just put yourself, basically, you can kick the can down the road, and we know that the cap is going to boom in probably two to three years. Yeah. Probably two, and maybe as soon as next year. And then, you know, and at that point, it's like, all right, well, let's just sign some more guys to fill out that version of the cap. And so, yeah, I think that there's this one year caused some tension for for most teams, but it was it does seem like it's going to be a one-off because of the pandemic. The other thing to remember, all of his bonuses – escalate immediately so whoever trades for julio jones could cut him with zero cap penalty if it yep. do, if it doesn't work out that's right and his salary cap drop his salary cap hit drops to like 12 and a half 11 after 11 that's i mean for him yeah. that is not much i'll granted he'll be 30 that first year it'll be worth it and then after that you cut him because he'll be 33 years old and or or you'll keep him because he's awesome still and he's julio jones so the one, the one caveat I'll make with Julio is I think that he's best served not going to a team like the Patriots from the perspective of, like, he is not the Julio, like, 
you know, the bell cow Julio that we grew up with, you know, yeah. he's, he's just not, he's, he's, he needs to be maybe not second fiddle, but at least share that load. And that's where I think a team like the Titans makes so much sense. Cause he and AJ Brown, like AJ Brown's essentially mini Julio, right? Like, and I think that if you, you combine the two, that's, that's the kind of team that he probably should go to. And that's where your chiefs comp makes so much sense. Cause he could just sort of drift off into the sunset for two or three years you know, with his workload just slightly decreasing, but then, you know, still, you know, amp up for the big ones. And I think that that's, that's an ideal fit for someone like him right now. And not that there was ever any question about what happens at the end of his career, but another two Super Bowls look good on the resume. Yeah, looks decent. I'm sure he wants <laughs> he wants one of those. And uh, I think he'd for sure get it. Wherever he goes, he's going to be in a position to get it, though. All those teams you mentioned are are right there. Yeah. Uh, 15-3 this year, 11-5 the year after, 11-5 the year after. So this year and two more on the on the uh, the contract, like I said, no risk because, hey, if it if it doesn't work out, if he is Mohamed Sanu somehow, you can cut him, no penalty. But I, I don't think anyone thinks that's going to be the case. No, I don't think so. He's just, yeah. No. Real quick before we get out of here, let's talk uh, about the NBA playoffs. Playing tournament has come and gone. I know we were both rooting for the Warriors over the Lakers. It came ever so close to happening in the only one of the uh, only good game of the first three in the play-in tournament. Yeah. Uh, good old, uh, really looking forward to how good Space Jam's going to be with the acting LeBron James put on. Oh my God, this guy. Uh, I saw three baskets and I shot the middle one. You're a, act like an that adult. That was so lame. Oh my God. Yeah. Act, act like an adult. Like you got poked in the eye. You didn't get stabbed. Come on. Uh, but with that said, amazing shot. I thought it was incredibly lucky. But yeah, I mean, it went in. It was it was, it was was a ballsy shot to take there because if he misses, you know, the pressure's all on him. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, great shot. You're right. Curry was uh, just kind of silly, but uh, with what he did offensively, but also a little turnover prone. I, I think we started to see... We started to see what happens when you only have one player who can do anything in the playoffs and teams can can scheme against him. Yeah, they were, let's call it a Clay Thompson away from being a legitimate threat there in that game and in these playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I'm And, and who knows? Who knows what Clay's going to look like next year? But it's, you know, they're, that, they're at least that far away. Well, I mean, just the gravity of Clay Thompson's shooting is going to help Curry immeasurably. But, so. you know, they'll get James Wiseman back as well. And mm, uh, and we've mentioned that they do have a couple of draft picks with one potentially very high. Um, I'm doing, just because I can't help myself, I'm doing a Simone Tankathon right now. The Warriors end up <laughs> losing their losing the pick that would have gone to them in the uh, at the top. But they do still pick 14. Get Franz Wa- uh, Wagner from, uh, from Michigan. Michigan. Uh, Oh, and on Sim 2, they get the number four pick in Jalen Green. So you add Clay Clay Thompson, Jalen Green, James Wiseman. That team looks a heck of a lot different uh, next year. The Warriors go on to lose to Memphis, who proves their worth by beating Utah in game one. Yeah, I mean, Utah, of course, without Donovan Mitchell, but Mm -hmm. still an impressive win. I thought it was wild to me how easy it was for John Morant to score at the end of that game. And Dylan Brooks could be the revelation of these play. We always talk yeah. about these playoffs, the tournaments. These, this is a great chance for these guys to escalate from, 
you know, average to good, good to great, great to, you know, to legendary, essentially. And maybe, maybe Brooks, we'll see how the rest of the series goes, but maybe Brooks is, is becoming a good, like a really solid, maybe third, third piece on a champion. Who knows? Exactly what I was going to say, because I always thought the problem with Memphis was, okay, you have Ja, you have uh, JJJ, but you don't have that third piece. If Brooks can become that, and hell, he looks like a second best player on a championship team in some games this tournament so far. He mm-hmm. looks unbelievable. Uh, you know, Valachunas is wildly underrated. This Memphis team, man, a couple of smart moves, and they're going to be competing for a very, very long time. They could beat Utah. I mean, Mitchell will be back. Yeah. You know, I think that ultimately Utah wins a series, but they could do it. They're up 1-0. They've got home court advantage now. Um, Morant, you just you just don't know when things are going to click for these. We know how talented he is. We see it. I mean, if it clicks today, it, you know, instead of a year from now, would it shock anybody? I Like, I, I, I wouldn't be. And so, yeah, I mean, they could do it. I, you're right. Like, I know the implications. They can't get all the way to where they want to go. But you're right. They're not far off. And they have all the money in the world right now to spend, at least if they're willing to spend it. Um, so they're in a great spot. Any surprise at all that both of the L.A. teams are down 1-0 at this point? Uh, not to me. I, I like. I mean, I guess I'm more surprised the Clippers are, but at the same time, they seem a bit broken, as you've alluded to in the past. Mm. And, you know, it's one of those things where if they get down 2-0, especially at home, like, you could see them just kind of check out, right? Like for the rest of the playoffs, so which is a shame for them because they they could easily win this conference, not easily, but they could definitely win this conference, win this championship. They just are so like the opposite of Kawhi's previous teams in terms exactly. of like in terms of overachieving. I think the worst thing that happened to Kawhi, aside from the fact that Paul George is a historically bad player in the playoffs, is that he became a superstar and went away from the high-profile coach. He's got well, too much power now. He went to Doc Rivers, who's about as high-profile a coach as there was. Yeah, and then Doc got fired. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I wonder what this, how this impacts the way Kawhi will be looked at. I would assume that he'll still be the most highly sought-after player after i mean whenever he's able to be free is it next year Not I, I believe he can opt out right now well okay. i mean after the playoffs of course but right yeah he does he might just opt out right now <laughs> if he plays like he did in the you know i you know i i don't know i i wouldn't be surprised if he's you know the rest of his career is kind of just defined by him sort of like all right i, I won these championships and i'm, I'm kind of just good with that it wouldn't shock me uh, there was a lot of talk before that the uh, the Mavericks were going to be in play for Giannis before the Supermax. Right now, the the apparently the the, the name targeted to them is Larry Markinen. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ka- Kawhi can opt out. Could you see Kawhi go join the team that just beat him? Oh man, that would be that'd be electric. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't I don't see that really. No, although Carlisle, you want to talk about like a guy that would bring Kawhi kind of back to. The types of teams that he won with, I mean, Carlisle's as good a coach as there is, I think, and and you know you piece him with with Luca. I I just don't know if he's com- if he's comfortable being you know the second fiddle going forward to to Doncic. Well, and the other thing is he has such a cushy uh, cushy position in uh, in L.A. right now. I don't know if you know this or not. One of the contingencies for Kawhi joining the Clippers, they let him live in San Diego. He he lives 120 what? miles from the the practice facility. 
I did not know that. How does he get there? I'm not sure. I I would imagine that they send a car for him every day. Oh my god, that sounds terrible. Um, for yeah, for real. Yeah, they let him <laughs> live in San Diego. I mean, I I mean, I'm sure my employer would let that happen too. But that I mean, it's on <laughs> me to want to make that commute every day. You know. Right. So, well, uh, it, this is this is. I mean, I thought it was crazy when when uh, Reddick was living in Brooklyn, making the commute to Philadelphia every day, which really to New Jersey every day to the facility. But mm. San Diego to L.A., while still in the same state, might as well not be. Yeah, that's that seems like a lot. Maybe that's impacting his play, you know? I mean, it could, it could be. I think the fact that he became a diva impacted his play. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I just like he's not, there's not the same, what I've seen at least. There isn't, there's just like a little bit missing from what he was. He's not in hungry. In terms of the drive, the hunger, exactly, exactly right. He he got to the top of the mountain in his in his mind, and I, that seems to be good enough. He got himself back to L.A. He made a lot of money. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I for basketball, I hope uh, I, I hope I am, but we'll see. Well, and you look at the rest of the league, and especially that conference. I mean, every other team is so hungry. You know, yeah. like they're not they're not going to get out of the first round, let alone the conference if he if he's playing like that. And he should know. I mean. He's his hunger basically won Toronto a championship basically single-handedly. So uh, I, it's clear that it's not quite there. Yeah. The team that that Phoenix team wants it. Oh yeah, for sure. They are, they are fun. And that was another, my God, I'm so, I'm, I'm so sick of LeBron James at this point. (laughs) So much stupid bullshit. He gets, he gets uh, devastatingly injured in every game and heroically returns. I know. Well, Chris Paul's kind of like that too, but I, yeah, they're, they, they both know how to, to definitely squeeze every ounce out of the camera time. I feel like, um, but at the same time, Chris Paul is after something he's never gotten. So right. maybe he senses that this is his best chance and maybe his last chance, you know, to do that. Yeah. I would have said the West was a lot stronger than the East, but I'm just not sure anymore. I think the West no. is totally wide open. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, it's not wide open because all the teams are really good. It's right. wide open because the talent does seem to be pretty balanced right now across the league, which is it's a good thing, I think, except for, you know, the three guys in Brooklyn. But everyone hates them, so that should be fun, too. Well, we're like three years away from expansion, so it'll become even uh, even more spread out throughout the rest <laughs> of the league. All right, that's uh, that's it for this week's episode of The Underdog. For Anshu Khanna, I'm Chris Horwadell. Thanks for listening. We will see you back here next time.